And welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jeff Shugarts, and this is your favorite weekly report, the Stash It or Pass It podcast, bringing you everything on crypto, cannabis, and culture. Crypto being our weather report, cannabis, the traffic report, and the anything goes culture report. We have an action-packed show for you today. I just got back from an incredible cross-state journey to an itty-bitty town on the Oklahoma-Arkansas border. It was a 500-acre cannabis farming operation. So excited to bring this information to you, bring this story to you, and so excited for the connections that were made on that farm, and I look forward to what the future holds. But in other news, we are hearing from our man, Stash Adams. He is back, and we have an incredible Mindful Minute prepared for everyone, and we chop it up in the culture report about some trending topics as you all know, you know, the Ohio State has been in the news lately, and it wasn't for necessarily winning football games. It was for their former head coach, Urban Meyer. So we chopped it up on that a bit and uh, just caught up. You know, he's been all over the country as well. You know, in the weather report, we break down some Bitcoin news. You know, we got U.S. senators now that are on the budget committee buying Bitcoin. We got $360 billion in assets sitting in South Dakota we got more trending stories in crypto that we're going to bring to you. And then also today, we're going to chop it up a little bit about DeFi, but we're also going to start the conversation around DAOs. Now, what are DAOs? D-A-O. Excited to talk about that. And as always, folks, be sure to check those show notes. We got some great things going down there, some referral links. And as I always like to promote the love of my life, her name is Kelsey Aida, KelseyAida.com. Her fourth book is just coming out now letters to the universe. I'll have links to that as well. But without further ado, folks, we have an incredible show for everyone today. You know the drill. Strap in, buckle up, and get ready, baby. Stash it. And today's traffic report is brought to you by our friends over at the Fold app, and that is the Fold Bitcoin Reward app and the Fold Bitcoin Reward Visa debit card. Now, essentially what this app and what this debit card allows you to do is spend cash that you are going to otherwise spend anyways and earn Bitcoin rewards for spending that cash. Now, for example, the Bitcoin rewards that I have earned thus far will one day be worth more than the cash that I'm spending to accumulate them. Now, you can also use the, the Fold app, for example, to buy, let's say, an Amazon gift card. Now, the other day, I just bought a $50 Amazon gift card, and then I received up to 5% cash back in Bitcoin for purchasing that card. Now, how did I do that? They've also integrated gamification with the new rewards program, and also that helps integrate Bitcoin into the everyday person's life, and it also helps education around Bitcoin and offers those things, and then just makes this process a little bit more fun and seamless. But again, the fold Bitcoin reward app and today's traffic report brought to you by our friends over at Fold. They're our sponsor, but they're not really our sponsor. Stash it. And we're back, folks, live here in a small itty bitty town in between Arkansas and Oklahoma, population about 15,000. And uh, as you can see here on my coffee cup, it says be kind. And I can't tell you how kind everybody here has been to me being invited into this community, this culture, and just seeing how this stuff operates. And it's been an incredible experience. I'm so grateful. And I'm sitting here with my man, Soham. He's one of the people that, you know, let me come sit at this table. 
you know, eat a little bit from their plate. And it's been amazing. And it's a special edition of the strains of the week. They got a lot of really cool stuff going down here. I mean, it's definitely been a journey for them. I'll let Soham introduce himself, but his company is called SZN Partners, Season Partners, and they're working down here with Dabber Grass Farms, and it is incredible. We're talking 500 acres of some beautiful flower, going to a variety of the top brands in the country right here in Oklahoma. So introducing live here, my man Soham, thank you so much for being here with us. And I'll let you take it away, my friend. For sure. Thanks a lot for having me, Jeff. It's, uh, it's amazing to be here. Um, yeah, as he said, my name's Soham. I'm uh, one of the co-founders at Season Partners. Uh, we're a consulting firm based out of Colorado and California with, uh, you know, we're doing work here with Dabbergrass Farms in Oklahoma. Uh, we specialize in operations management, supply chain, manufacturing, compliance, and a number of other, uh, number of other items. Uh, we're here uh, really as the head of operations, compliance, and manufacturing for Dabbergrass, making sure that everything they're doing is is done in the most optimum way, and you know that we're we're being efficient with our work. Because as as Jeff said, we have um, close to 500 acres of plants. You know, we're we're talking about close to half a million plants. So uh, making sure that everything is done efficiently, and then making sure everything is compliant with with Oklahoma law. Uh, it's one of the coolest projects I've been a part of. Dabbergrass Farms has contracts with Cookies, uh, Electroweave, Sherbinsky, Headstash. So we're, for some of those brands, we're their exclusive outdoor uh, license partner here in Oklahoma. Um, some of them we do indoor as well, but uh, we have our first round of product that's, uh, that's just been harvested on the indoor side, and we're getting ready to start harvesting uh, the sun-grown product in, in a couple of days here. So going to be crazy. We're, we're happy that Jeff can come join us and, and hoping he comes back. Absolutely. I will 100% be back. You know, a couple of timing things uh, on my end right now that doesn't allow me just to be here, you know, a little bit more in the weeds of uh, the harvest season, if you will. But, uh, you know, again, um, just wanted to uh, say a few things. I mean, as we get into these strains of the week, you know, we have a couple of uh, strains that are about to be harvested. So just uh, like I was saying earlier, one of my favorite sounds as we talk about these strains, we might as well smoke a little bit of them too. So uh, just to uh, set us off some, what are, uh, you know, what's coming up on the harvest? What are some of these strains? Uh, you know, like he said, you know, he works in the quality control, the compliance part of it, because, you know, really what he's doing and what his team is doing, um, you know, these guys are pioneers. They're on a frontier. They're integrating, you know, technology and operation. You know, a lot of the parts of these businesses that's going to help you know, bring cannabis, the medicine, cannabis, the recreation, and then, you know, down the road, I mean, this is going to be integrated in a lot of different parts of our lives, a lot of the ecosystem, you know, renewable energy, so many different things. So, you know, these guys are on another level. This isn't just about, you know, consuming and whatnot, but this is where we're at now in this process. And this is a grind. We're sitting here live coming at you from, you know, a, a you know, a studio condos, you know, people are moving their families down here. This is a culture. This is something much bigger, you know, than ourselves, much bigger than people sitting here. And that's what's so cool about this community and this culture, like at its grassroots right now, because some of these guys, they've been doing it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, different parts, you know, uh, different cultures. You know, I mean, this has been going on out in California since the nineties. I mean, it's going on in different States. So again, we're sitting here with, uh, some people that are really in this, some OGs, some people that, again, like I'm saying, frontiers and pioneers. So this is an extremely special edition of the Strains of the Week, and we will 1,000% be back. And we're excited to buy some of this stuff off the shelves as well, because a lot of people have had to risk a lot to get where we, where we are sitting right now. So 
so grateful to hear these strains of the week. For sure. So uh, what we're really excited about right now is our first product that's that's actually ready for sale is uh, some Sherbinsky strains that we have uh, Baccio Gelato, uh, Acai Berry Gelato, and Sunset Sherbet. Uh, we just got some test results back on the Baccio. It's testing around 25%. Um, you know, we're getting ready to, to just package that up and get all the, the proper compliance information. You know, you got to put the THC percentage on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really going to be our first round that, that's ready for sale. And then we've started pulling down some some cookie strains on, uh, on the sun-grown side. So, you know, in about three to four weeks, once it has time to dry and be bucked and trimmed and, and cure and then packaged, that'll be ready for, for sale as well. Um, but I guess for strain of the week, we'll go, we'll go with the Baccio Gelato 41. Um, you know, it's, it's listed as an indica dominant hybrid. It's, uh, it's got a couple different types of genetics in it. It has the sunset sherbet, um, and it obviously has the Gelato 41, which is a flagship of, of Sherbinsky's genetic line. Uh, it's, I would say it's really tasty. It has a slight sweetness to it, but it's a little more pungent. Uh, it's definitely a, a relaxing smoke. It's not something that's going to get your mind racing, at least not for me personally. Uh, so, you know, I kind of assumed it would be more uh, a late in the day smoke, but I've, I've smoked a little bit, a bit of it during the day as well, you know, a joint here in the afternoon or something like that. And, um, you know, I, it kind of slowed me down to, to be able to, to stop and focus on a task, but not, you know, not so much that I was, forgetting what I was doing or losing track of my place or anything like that. So, um, you know, I think it was, it was a nice kind of afternoon, evening smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely it, it could be good before bedtime or um, if you're taking like a bubble bath or something like that, definitely recommend it there. Absolutely. I love it too. Just hearing the in-depth, uh, in-depth process of it, hearing the in-depth effects, because, you know, as it starts to integrate in this culture, some of these names, that's why we like to do the strains of the week, because it's like, effect and like different things it's going to help with you know that's going to think you know resonate with some people's minds but that's again why we like to talk about it same thing with these strains now say it one more time Baccio Gelato 41. Baccio Gelato 41 and this is what's cool when you can look up these strains now you can go to you know different uh websites I'm sure you can go to uh Trebinsky's website you can find it on there and then dive deep into these strains, look up some of the origins and stuff. And that's where you can have a little bit of fun with this and then also immerse yourself a little bit farther into uh, the culture as well. And, uh, you know, it just gives you more stuff uh, to have fun with in, within that. But, uh, you know, as you were saying, smoking a couple of joints and whatnot. So since I've been here hanging out on the farm, you know, some people are smoking joints, but I would say this is a backwood family. Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> if you come to one of our farms, there's a there's a little sign, a handwritten sign on one of our whiteboards. Somebody decided to use permanent marker on the whiteboard. <laughs> uh, I guess it was important enough to say, but this is a house of four grand backwoods, and that's that's pretty much the way we smoke out here. You got you got to put uh, put a lot of weed in there and just smoke a fatty, you know. Yeah, last night we actually had uh, it was a beautiful rotation going, and uh, you know we kind of got out of just all cannabis and business and whatnot, and like you started to see these layers kind of melt off, and it was just guys hanging out, you know, enjoying cannabis in that process, breaking it down, rolling it up, and now. This is one of the owners. His name's Justin. And this is a four gram backwood. It was hitting a little bit different than uh, some of the other backwoods. So it was a great time. It's, but I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Justin put me on on the on the four gram backwoods too. That's right. That's yeah, right. it's uh, I I w- I always like the wood, but you know, it it just smokes way different when you're trying to put like 
a 0.7, you know, the way you would roll a Swisher, you put a 0.7 or like a one gram in there. Right. There's just so much tobacco paper on there, but it, it doesn't hit the same way. But once you, once you get that stretched out, you got a lot of nice tasty weed in there. It's, it's something else. That's what I would say, man. It's like a nice little pillow. It's almost oh, like yeah. a little sleeping bag. I mean, you could, I mean, the way these things are rolled up, I could have laid it down, put my head on it, <laughs> taking a little nap or something, but Hey, we've also been smoking some of these OCBs. I know that we got one rolled up right here. OCB. Yeah, shout out to our boy JB that, that hooks us up with all the OCB products. We're That's gonna right. be we're gonna be trying to do some some cool, you know, content type stuff. Maybe try and roll up like a one pound joint or something. We're gonna have a lot of weed, so we're gonna do some fun stuff. With hey, if you see the shirt right here, help smoke out the system, baby. That's right. So, so we could do what? So we could roll another one up. That's right. You already know that's what we're doing around here. Thank you again so much. It's season partners, my man Soam. They're fucking coming, taking over the world, taking over the business. We're out here, baby. Dabber Farms. But again, thank you so much. So grateful to be here. And like we always say, my friends, stash it. And next up, we have the weather report brought to you by our friends over at Invest Voyager. We got a link in our show notes. You spend $100, you get $25 in free Bitcoin, essentially starting up 25%. And yes, people have been asking, you can buy Shiba Inu on Invest Voyager. And again, that's a message from our friends at Invest Voyager. They're our sponsor, but they're not really our sponsor. Stash it. And welcome back to the weather report, folks. It's your host, Jeff Shugarts. And our friend Bitcoin is cruising at an altitude of about 55,000 feet. And by feet, I mean thousand, and that is $55,000. So the skies are looking a little more clear out there. It's still going to be a little choppy, I, I feel, my friends. But, you know, our friend Marcus Moles, who we have on this show a lot, he has made the call. Now, this is not financial advice, but he has made the call. October 30th, Bitcoin 90K. So I got that one screenshotted, saved. I got it on my Twitter. You know, I put it on my mantle, on my altar, on my altar. This is not a cult. We're praying for it every night, not really, but I'm excited about it. So if it happens, it happens. It's great. I'm still hodling. You know, hodl is H O D L, which just means hold. But if it happens, I'm hodling. If it doesn't happen, probably uh, just going to buy more anyway. So looking forward to what the future holds. But this week, we do have some exciting news and some uh, crypto stories we've been following. Now, it is Saturday. It is October 9th, 2021. Bitcoin, 55K. Usually, I have this uh, episode come out on Fridays, but a little behind because you know I was doing a cross-country journey, like I talked about earlier in the show, was out in Oklahoma. Uh, at a incredible cannabis farm, you know, 500 acres being our harvest. And uh, I can tell you one thing, smells like DeFi, baby. But to continue on in this uh, weather report out there, and uh, like we say, you know, Bitcoin, 365, baby, 24-7, 365. So we can talk about it right now. It's live right now. I can buy it right now. I can trade it right now, just like all other types of uh, digital assets. But the bank is closed, baby. Can't transfer any money. Can't even pay my fucking credit card bill right now. Pretty crazy. Cash is trash. I don't know. I still like cash, but you know, some people like to say that too. So in other news in Bitcoin this week, what do we have on the docket? One that I really liked seeing was Senator Loomis. So this is Cynthia M. Loomis. She's a senator in Wyoming, and she just bought $100,000 of Bitcoin. I like to see that, you know, she is a 
supporter of it. You know, it took her some time. You know, she uh, essentially orange pilled herself, if you will. But, uh, you know, she's a Republican, a little more on the conservative side. And that's one thing with Bitcoin that we're starting to see. We got Republicans supporting it. We got Democrats supporting it. We got conservatives supporting it. We got progressives supporting it. And we got guys like Andrew Yang who are even making a new political party supporting it. So this is something that's going to bring people together. It's something that can really solve a lot of old problems with some new solutions. Now, Cynthia Loomis, like I said, just bought $100,000 worth of Bitcoin, putting her money where her mouth is, if you will. And I think this is really interesting because she is on the committee. You know, So she's a committee on banking, housing, and urban affairs. She's, a committee on com- she's in a committee on commerce, science, and transportation, and committee on environment and public works. Now, the way I look at Bitcoin, it can serve and help in a variety of these things as well. You know, I see uh, you know, progressives like we talked about last week down in Cool Valley, Missouri. You know, the, uh, that Bitcoin progressive mayor there, he just gave 1,500 people. Every person in the town is going to receive $1,000 of Bitcoin. You know, and that uh, is more in line with, uh, you know, progressive, uh, progressive uh, politics, if you will. And then you got guys like Andrew Yang, you know, who are big Bitcoin supporters and also big UBI supporters, universal basic income. So would not be surprised to see Bitcoin start to get into that conversation, too. Again, it's super early. And just by me saying that, if I make somebody mad, I'm sorry. But, you know, you can use Bitcoin for conservative affairs and for a lot of progressive affairs as well. So really excited about it. It's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I got my popcorn out. Obviously, I have a podcast as well. My hair's looking a little crazy and uh, it's going to be a good time. Stash it. And. Next up on the docket, you know, we're not a political show here, but this is in the political arena, and that is Soros Fund Management. They officially have come out and said that they own Bitcoin. Now, we all know who George Soros is. If we're somewhat, you know, connected to the American media or, you know, the American political system or even really outside of those realms, too. But, you know, he is a progressive billionaire, you know, in in a if you will. So, you know, he's always donating money to different, you know, things he believes in, you know, he's the, you know, backing for a lot of uh, different people in Congress and whatnot. So, you know, I really don't hold any affiliation. You know, I hold the stash media card, you know, I'm a part of the stash at revolution. And uh, yeah, so I just like to report on this stuff. And uh, George Soros owning Bitcoin is good for Bitcoin, if you like them or not. And another one on that list, like I said earlier, Andrew Yang has formed his new political party called the Forward Party, right? So we got the left, the right, and we got forward. And, uh, you know, Andrew Yang, who knows? You know, some people say he'll say anything for a vote, but uh, also he's been a uh, supporter of Bitcoin, you know, for some time now. And uh, again, like I was saying, Bitcoin, UBI, you know, transacting, sending lots of money all over the place. Uh, Andrew Yang, you know, also in his book, you know, he just put out that, uh, He really believes that AI and uh, different technologies are going to put millions and millions of people out of work. Uh, Sometimes, you know, when you really do think about this and, uh, you know, autonomous cars and, uh, you know, how we transport things around the world, you know, there is uh, there is something to be said about that. There is something to be said about, you know, let's say a truck that is going to drive 100 miles in a straight line. You know, if you could uh, if you've seen some of these Tesla trucks and how they can all, you know, follow each other and whatnot. 
And there are already some routes, you know, going on with autonomous trucks. So, you know, that being said right there, you know, I know that's something that Andrew leans into. Uh, there's also, uh, you know, other things when it comes to factory workers and things like that. And then the same thing you're seeing right now, where it's already hard to get more people to maybe come back to the workforce, or maybe these people that, you know, have retired. And then there's also people that may not be ready for these new jobs. And uh, it's going to be interesting because you're going to be integrating, you know, hardworking people with uh, AI, with machines. And like I said last week, too, we got to start treating our, uh, our AI with respect. You know, how are you uh, teaching your kids to treat their uh, their new robot friends that are going to be rolling in pretty soon? Or uh, how are they talking to their Alexa and whatnot? So I think that stuff's important, but uh, you know, it all ties back in. This is the weather report, and we're talking about Bitcoin, baby. And Andrew Yang is going to support Bitcoin, guarantee it, stash it. And next up on the docket, we're going to talk about DAOs, D-A-O. Now, what are DAOs? Decentralized Autonomous Organizations. Now, along this journey so far, We've talked about Bitcoin, we've talked about cryptocurrencies, different exchanges, different tokens. We've talked about NFTs, non-fungible tokens. We've talked about DeFi, decentralized finance. Now, this is another rung in that ladder, another branch in this tree, another head to this beast. And I'm excited for it. Now, what are decentralized autonomous organizations? Now, no hierarchy. There's often no hierarchy in management. You know, stakeholders usually make decisions instead of leaders or managers. So you don't necessarily have a CEO making all the decisions or one person at the top of the board or a board making decisions. You have stakeholders, you have the community, you have a decentralized group of people, if you will. Now they are transparent. The code is open source, meaning anyone can look at it. You know, on the blockchain, anyone can scan through the history to see how decisions were made. Now, again, no, no backdoor deals, no closed door meetings. Everything is out in the open and transparent. Open access. Anyone with internet access could hold DAO tokens or buy them, thus giving them decision-making power in the DAO. Now, this you can see this same thing in different decentralized finance programs and tokens and projects and protocols. You know, there are some DAO aspects to those as well. You know, there's democratic changes. Investors can change the rules of a DAO by voting on new proposals. Now, this is just seems a lot different than your traditional uh, companies, how they're built, how CEOs make decisions. You know, are they aligned with you know their values? Are they aligned with their customers' values? Are they just making up values and putting them and assigning them to their customers and then you know pumping in millions and millions of dollars of uh, commercials to make you believe it? I'm not sure. I don't really know. I mean, these are just things sometimes that I think about. And then when you see projects like this, different things that are being built and evolving, it's really exciting. So I'm going to continue to do my research. Uh, we're going to continue to have these discussions and bring up all these new topics because it's an exciting time to be alive. And uh, I'm here for it, baby. Stash it. Now, like we said in the intro, folks, we just wanted to touch on it, but apparently there is $360 billion. Yes, $360 billion is sitting in South Dakota. Now, South Dakota now rivals offshore tax havens for financial security and secrecy. Now, this is a report coming from the Pandora Papers, and it's saying, South Dakota is sheltering assets from individuals previously accused of financial crimes. Uh, South Dakota now rivals notoriously jurisdictions in Europe and the Caribbean in financial secrecy. 
The documents reveal that $360 billion in customer assets are sitting in trust in South Dakota. Now, I don't necessarily have an opinion on this yet. I'm not necessarily, you know, nothing really surprises me anymore. But uh, wow, $360 billion sitting in South Dakota. Get ready for some big old Bitcoin buys, baby. Stash it. Now, this is a report that uh, really integrates some different cultures together, you know, uh, i.e. the uh, culture report. But mixing in crypto with cannabis, you know, really just things that I enjoy. You know, I definitely have to talk about this. Not necessarily that I completely support it, but that is the Shiba Inu. And uh, obviously... I would call this a shit coin. Now that doesn't mean that I'm calling people that own it, you know, pieces of shit or anything. But me personally, you know, uh, you know, I pulled the uh, the Dogecoin slot machine back in uh, July of 2020. You know, had myself I don't know a couple hundred thousand Dogecoins or whatever. But uh, yeah, I sold them. I fucking sold them in like I don't know a couple months later for probably fucking a hundred dollars back then who knows but yeah i could have held them and i could have been a meme that said hey if this guy wouldn't have sold all his doge coins he and yeah sure it's like that for a lot of things and that's going to happen again you didn't miss out because it's just starting folks it's just starting there's going to be a lot of doge coins and a lot of shiba inus you know bitcoin's going to be worth millions of dollars one day it's going to happen uh not financial advice got to say that but so uh let's just take a look here and that is uh shiba inu this week is up 222% and uh, one sheep is worth 0.00002485. You know, for the day, uh, it's down. And uh, right now it's actually taking a, a nice dip. So they're playing that game. They're pumping it up and dropping it out. You know, if you uh, pull up the chart for the year, you know, it is uh, ways away from its uh, all-time highs when it originally pumped and they uh, pulled the rug, but uh, at its all-time highs, you know, it was up 34.5 million percent. Yeah, it was a pause there. Now we can just take a, another look here at uh, some of our other coins that we have been uh, holding on to. Obviously, we've talked about Bitcoin. You know, Bitcoin had a very big week. It is up about 15 to 16 percent this week. You know, as of right now, about 15 percent. You know, we uh, we broke 56k. We're hanging out at about 55k, but we're one 10k candle from going to all-time highs, new all-time highs. Um, now let's check it out here. Now I've talked about this before, FTT, and that is the FTX exchange token. And uh, as you know, we love FTX. You know, they're doing a lot of great things. That is who Tom Brady is a equity stakeholder in. That is where Sam Bankman Fried is just signing endorsement deals across the sports arena esports college football nba basketball M mlb baseball he signed steph curry it's just it's everywhere folks can't wait can't wait the ftx token called ftt for the week is down about 1.5 percent you know it hit about 61 dollars this week but you know it's hanging out at about 56 bucks you know i had a really good friend of mine he likes to say anonymous, but he's someone that really uh, introduced me to the entire Solana experience, you know, that was a little bit more connected to Sam Bankman Fried, if you will. And, uh, you know, he got me uh, grabbing some FTT and some Soul and some Cope 
and some radium pretty early in the game. And I'm grateful to him and uh, I hope he's listening. So thank you, my friend. And uh, we'll continue to watch these as well. But uh, just to speak about it, since we just brought it up, you know, Solana been holding this one tight. You know, I don't plan on selling anytime soon. You know, this week it's down about two to three percent, hanging out at about one hundred and fifty seven dollars. You know, we started grabbing those way back, way back, way back when, when they were around 15 bucks, 20 bucks or so. But, uh, you know, you can pull up some old tweets from my man, Sam Bankman fried. He was grabbing them up at three, four, five dollars. And, you know, Sam's a billionaire. So sometimes you just got to risk it for the biscuit, as some would say. Uh, another one here on our list that we've been following, and that is the decentralized finance token, Sovereign. And that is called Sov. For the week, Sov is up another 22%. We actually hit $44 this week. Um, you know, I wasn't aware, didn't actually have a notification because, uh, you know, I do some different things on the Sov platform. You know, this would have been at $44. I probably would have exchanged some of my Sovs for some stable coins, right? So I would have gotten 44 stable coins per Sov versus now getting 30 stable coins per Sov. But then I can take those stable coins and put them into a yield farming pool. And then, then it's matched up, you know, against uh, some Bitcoin. And then you put them into the pool and then you make sovereign rewards back. So right now, for example, in their stable coin yield farming pool, you know, I'm up about uh, like 125%. So these things are pretty cool to, uh, you know, start learning, get your hands on them, if you will. And, uh, all that really takes is an internet connection and a, uh, a laptop or a computer. And uh, again, do your own research. There's a great community out there, but that's another one that we love, baby. That's Sob, the sovereign DeFi platform. And uh, we're actually hoping to get their founder to uh, come on the show. His name is Ed Yago. He's been in the game for a while, since 2011, and uh, he's doing some great things. So really excited to see that because Sob also is now you know, working with El Salvador, bringing DeFi to now this new entire population of three to five million people that are now going to be in the Bitcoin economy, bringing them some DeFi platforms so they can, you know, make some passive income from their Bitcoin as well. And I'm always going to support getting people, giving them freedom, giving them their time back, giving them time with their family back and uh, building wealth for generations to come, baby. So those are a couple of our coins that we're watching, we're stashing. And, uh, we're having a good time, baby. Stash it. And last but certainly not least is one of my, you know, big new projects, and that is getting to learn and use the Luna, Terra Luna DeFi network. And our friends over at Luna this week, we're up about 6%, and Luna is trading at about $43. You know, at one point, we actually almost broke $50, hit $49, and we've been buying up Luna. We bought started buying it up around... $15, a lot at 20, a lot at 25, a lot at 30 as well. And we are still riding that rocket, baby. And I'm excited to start using this Luna that I'm accumulating and I'm growing because I actually did. Like I said, I sold a lot of my Ethereum. Now, Ethereum's doing well too, but you know, I sold a lot of my Ethereum to be able to accumulate a lot of Luna. This Luna is growing a bit faster than the Ethereum, but now I'm going to be able to do a lot with my Luna on this DeFi network. And I'm excited to share that process with everybody as well you know like we said our man austin barnard at orca capital you know he is also learning DeFi, and we're going to be sharing some more of that with everyone too as he 
eventually will open Orca DeFi, and uh, he'll be doing this on a large, large scale, and that's going to be fun to uh, be a part of it, folks. So we're stashing Luna, baby. And next up, we have the Culture Report brought to you by our friends over at Choice Kingdom Trust. Now, we're going to have a link in our show notes, folks, but Choice Kingdom Trust gives you the ability to buy Bitcoin in your IRA, same Bitcoin, less taxes. Now, personally, I love Choice. I use it. I've rolled over a few of my old 401ks into my Choice Kingdom Trust account, and it allows me to buy traditional assets, digital assets, and yes, I buy a lot of Bitcoin as well. Same Bitcoin, less taxes. And that's from our friends at Choice Kingdom Trust. They're our sponsor, but they're not really our sponsor, folks. Stash it. Just one chip. You know the rules. One chip. We're eating potato chips from all over the world, folks. It's a new game. We'd like to thank our sponsor. Not really our sponsor, but we'd love it if they did. Chipotle. That's right. We love our sponsors who aren't really our sponsors. So come on, help us out. Adam in your tweets and your stories. They're a great company. Let's go. It's a dream team. We used to eat two, three, four Chipotle burritos. I know and have friends that have these secret Chipotle burrito, free Chipotle burrito cards. And we would go in there and we would get at it. We did it against the NCAA saying they, we couldn't do it. We did it anyways. Did it back to back to back. That's right. I was eating free burritos for years. Fuck the NCAA. Yeah, fuck them. And welcome back to the Culture Report, baby. Big stash Adams, big smoke, big smudge in the building. It's us, it's us. What it do? Hey, and I'm sorry if my mic sounds a little weird. You might hear an echo. You might see me sitting in here in an empty room. My closet is cleaned out and Bitcoin is through the roof, baby. Crypto people get me going. You guys are hey, me. yes, right. And it's not financial advice because, you know, I'm not, you know, I didn't clean out my, my room or my my closet to buy a bunch of Bitcoin. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm actually sitting here in a uh, little condo down in Oklahoma. I stumbled upon a 500 acre cannabis farm and it's been quite the journey down here. Quite the journey. You've been on quite the journey the last week. Let's hear about uh, <laughs> Yes. Let's hear about what you've been doing, man. Little multi-state, little multi-state operation, you know, and that's, uh, you know, we're not talking weed when I say that, just talking about me driving around, you know, talking to myself in the car, but no, man, I was, uh, you know, actually connected with a friend of Mike and ours. He was my, uh, our roommate, you know, we all lived together, but a freshman year in college, his name's Willie Mobley. He should have been on here today, but forgot my mic, like I said, and uh, he's actually up at the farm right now, but journeyed here from uh, Charlotte, you know, made it a little excursion instead of flying. So made it like a three-day uh, hike, if you will. And first stop was in the Tennessee, like the Nantahala National Forest, like mountains. Nantahala. And it was at called Camp Reggae. And it was incredible experience. Sent Mike these pictures. So really cool family. Um, you know, the older guy, you know, he was like a Rastafarian from like Jamaica. His wife, Claudia, that's who I actually uh, talked with more. She uh, was from England, but originally like her family was from Jamaica, but they found this like incredible property in the mountains that had like this natural like amphitheater and whatnot and had all these really cool campgrounds. But what was interesting, like they didn't uh, 
you know, advertise this or publish, publish, you know, publish this or anything. But when you like go for a walk, like on the campgrounds and stuff, there's a stream and like you randomly would see these little signs like pointing to the stream on the trees and stuff. But I was getting a little nervous too, because the sun was starting to set, but then I get down there and I'm like, Oh, this is beautiful. And then, you know, I'm sitting and looking around and I just see this sign and it's, and it says Harriet Tubman's trail. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, this is incredible. So then I like look it up and like this uh, property, cause there is like a trail you can follow um, the underground railroad and hike it and stuff. And this property, like up in this part of the mountains, cause we were, you know, we were off the grid here a bit, you know, no cell service, no, inter- no internet, nothing like that. And, um, you know, so once I got off the mountain, I got to look up like how it backed up like the property on this trail and stuff. And I never got to like actually talk to Claudia, the owner about it yet, but I want to go back, want to take Mike back just to dive into the story more, but such an incredible thing. I was meditating down there and like had this wild experience, like where I felt like the spirits were like peeking behind all the trees and stuff. And then I was like getting kind of nervous. Cause I was like, man, I'm going to, I feel like everyone was like standing, like, kind of around me like looking at me like oh hey hey what are you doing here or like hey what's up man <laughs> and I was like oh my god I'm open my eyes there'd be a bunch of people sitting there but then I also was like man Harriet Tubman like what a fucking badass so, yeah right and she was just here just leaving people to freedom right and like maybe like wow. like maybe maybe washing her hands in this creek or like maybe drinking some uh-huh. wine. I don't know but just I was like man this is sacred ground this is wild and I'm like you know not smoking weed, not drinking nothing. Like in this moment, I was like, whoa, this is some like, and I'm there by myself for real. I can't talk to nobody about it. I don't got no, I'm just sitting there with it. And then I got to like lay in my tent at night and like the forest was speaking. I'm like, oh, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Shoes out in the woods, camping alone. Yeah. So that was night one. And then, and then uh, you know, got up, broke camp, got, you know, left, got off that mountain. And it was kind of funny leaving that mountain because then, you know, I left early in the morning. It was still pretty dark out and, you know, still no GPS, no internet. So I'm like, fuck, man, I got to just drive until at least my car GPS like clicks on. And this pitch black dirt roads. I'm like, dude, if I, you know, I hope someone knows I'm up here still. But. And so I'm driving and I'm like finally like getting some service on my car GPS. I'm like, damn, I don't have an address. So I just like, you know, put the home GPS back in. So then at least takes me back to a major road. So then I'm like, I drive the wrong way in Tennessee. <laughs> so then I like get back you sure going. You weren't high, man. Yeah, it wasn't high yet because now I was on my way to the cannabis farm. So I was, you know, getting ready. No, so then I finally, you know, finally get get right, you know. So now I'm I'm back on a main highway. I'm like, all right, cool, here we go. So then I'm just start driving, and I actually ended up going the wrong way again. Ended up like in this uh, this mining town, and it was interesting because in this mining town, I went across. You know, sometimes when you're lost on a GPS, you're like, oh yeah, it'll correct me and get me back. But I go into this mining town. There's one way in, one way out. Once you go over this bridge, like you had to turn around. <laughs> so I was like another little culture experience there for the culture. I was like, Whoa, dude, like, this is like how this works. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I pulled over to get my GPS, uh, fix. And that was right at the drug and gun, you know, is their convenience store there called drug and gun. And, uh, you know, so I picked up, uh, you know, some antidepressants, picked up some antidepressants and, you know, a, uh, a drum of uh, bullets and uh, no, I'm just kidding. So, (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it's just it's an interesting concept, though, that I wanted to bring perspective to because there are people out there, clearly, you just think about where they're picking up their medicine, they're picking up their guns. So, like, think about how that would be associated with, you know, how they might think about that. Just just a thought, you know, you don't have to agree with it, but just like, oh, yeah, actually. You got to check sense. off the box when you buy guns that says that you, like, don't have any mental health. Issues. Right. Well, so anyway, so then, you know, I get out of the mining town. So now I'm back on the, the highway again. And I love diners, dude. I love stopping at a good diner. So I just continue to drive, you know, off the path, the little scenic routes, end up in like a damn town. Cause there's this, there's a lot of river towns. I'm driving through the mountains and stuff. And I just go to this little damn, uh, you know, damn diner. And uh, at the damn diner, got a really, you know, good damn diner uh, eggs and damn diner bacon and damn diner coffee. And uh, then I was out in the car and this, this rooster, like I have my door open, catching my breath. I'm like, oh, and then this dude like gobbles on up to me. He's about to jump in the car. I'm like sending Mike videos. I'm like, what is going on? Is this dude going to jump in the car? And uh, I'm like, sorry, dude, I had some damn diner eggs and some damn diner chicken tenders. Eat shit, bitch. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, I was no, like, he, hey. he called him a dog. I was like, why are you calling chicken dog? All uh, right. That's what I said. I should have fed him some of my leftover chicken strips. No, he was cool. He was a rooster, but I was for real like, I'd never been that close. And he was just like up there kind of smelling me for real, kind of like a dog. I was like, what's going on, Mike? Is this dude going to jump in the car? He probably jumped on you if you're outside the car. That's right. Crazy. So, so then, you know, I, I, I get that situated, you know, Mike, Mike lets me know a thing or two about roosters, you know, cause he got that, that farm life down. And so I got the fuck out of there. I got out of there, got back on the road. And I'm like, all right, where am I sleeping tonight? You know, that was on my mind because I, I had another campground picked out, but I knew I had to, I knew I had to skedaddle. I knew I had to really, you know, I had to put like eight hours in to get there at this point because I've been fucking around, you know, just, you know, and I'm not even high yet. So I'm like, let's go, baby. It's time to go. So I'm going. So now I'm back on the road and we're getting here. And I finally get out of Tennessee. I make it to Arkansas, you know, driving through Memphis, you go over this bridge and I'm like, I'm like, Oh, Memphis, I've been here before. Like little, little barbecue, little blues, little rock and roll, you know? And so then I'm driving over. I'm like, and I'm like, what the fuck is this huge, like golden, like big reflecting building. And I'm like, it looks like a huge fucking pyramid, like a great pyramid. It's a fucking bass pro shop. I'm like, Oh, this huge, like immaculate, just sculptured building. I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. And then you just see a big old fish. Like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. But and I was like, man, maybe I should stop. But I kept on going because again, I wasn't high yet. And I'm <laughs> like, we gotta, we gotta get to Oklahoma. We gotta get to the to the cannabis fields and check this out, you know. And so finally I'm back on the road. I'm moving again. And we're just, this is the culture report. We're telling a story for everyone that just got on, even though this is a podcast, it's not a radio and we're, we're getting there. And then finally, you know, I make it to, uh, to some, you know, little ass town and I'm supposed to camp at this site. And it's like, not necessarily what they said. It's kind of like this country piece of land, but they have like some cool whatever. And, you know, long story short, dude, ended up getting like a motel uh, or no, a quality in room, you know, because I like went to get some food. The sun's going down. 
I hadn't really been drinking beer in like months. I was like, man, it feels like, feels like a good time to drink some beer. So I started drinking beer, watching Tom Brady kick Bill Belichick's ass. Love that. What a game, right? No, <laughs> no actually, oh. I only got to watch like a quarter of it, and I was like tweeting about it and stuff, and like it's just a trick people. So they're like, wait, I thought you were camping. I'm like, I don't know, dude. So, uh, okay. you know, then I woke up the next day, and I made it, made it out here, man. I'm out here in Oklahoma. You know, got to uh, see 500 acres of cannabis farms. It's been beautiful. It's so beautiful. How does, how does, how's the air smell out there? Dude, it's actually pretty cool. So, like, when you go to a farm this big, I mean, you can smell it from, like, a long way away. When we were pulling up to one of these farms, it was very interesting. He was like, yeah, in Oklahoma, if you see a new eight-foot wall or eight-foot fence – I guarantee it's cannabis because that's like the regulation it has to be. Yeah. But the way the hills are and stuff, you can still see in. But uh, I mean, like I was saying before we jumped on the call here, dude, it was incredible. Just like because I've seen grow operations. I've seen people grow weed, but seeing it like much. seeing it farmed, like they're yeah. out here farming a crop, doing different techniques to get it to, you know, the roots to do different things and to grow. Acres. Yeah. And so they have uh so last year, you know, this uh what they they had not they harvest about 90 acres. And then this year with a couple of so their far, indoor the stuff. Name? Give, them a, give them a shout out, drop them in the show notes. So let me uh I gotta pull it up, but I mean the um oh it's uh it's uh dabber grass farms. Yeah, so shout out to dabber grass and uh they got an interesting story, but you know, they're still, they're kind of like old school guys. Like there was an old school way about doing these things. Cause they're a lot of them are from California, like where it's been, you know, legal and they've done different things for, you know, the last couple, like 30 years, you know, so they've been, you know, weed's been legal out there since 96. And uh, so some of these guys too, like our generation, you know, there's something about the process and the content where people like to show that stuff. And this generation not necessarily it's always been like that either so that's another thing that's been cool about them like you know let me like kind of be there and check stuff out and take pictures like it was fun but um and that's part of like what i'm here with so our friend willie his friends um their name uh soham and samad they're essentially like working with this company as like a consulting company helping like bring like streamline some of these older grow operations because this is a massive grow operation obviously but, you know, bringing on some technology, uh, different things for compliance and how they yeah. how they track the uh, cannabis and also and, and, and just the compliance across the whole operation with it being in a new state and all that. But, uh, but yeah, so they're growing for uh, they're growing for cookies outdoor in, in uh, Oklahoma. They're growing for uh, Shabinsky here in Oklahoma. They're growing for a head stash. And then, uh, you know, they have a couple other small things, too. But, uh, but yeah, so it's been uh Quite the experience so far, and uh, it's been uh, it's been pretty. Just like I said, man, seeing that much, that much weed and that much like cannabis, just like that, and Bro, just seeing everything. Ohio that, and like you know what cornfields look like. It looks like that, but they're just cannabis plants. Yeah, like for everyone who's like get trying to get a visual of that, it looks like Ohio cornfields of just straight cannabis. For like a long way, like I I did a couple errands just testing out some of the scanners and tagging some some different plants and stuff just walking these fields and i'm just like can i get a can i get a golf cart <laughs> a 500 acre farm is huge well so they have four farms though so it's broken up but yeah so i mean it's like 
that's another thing. I forget deer hunters train. Right. Yeah. And they, uh, you know, they have a really cool operation too. Cause you know, part of this, like in, uh, you know, they've been doing it longer. Like there's a, a big sense of community. There's actually like a group that they work with out here who has their own farm, but they, you know, partner on different things and help each other do stuff. Where so, Oklahoma are they in? Um, so we're in, uh, we're not too far from like Fayetteville, Arkansas is like probably the oh, closest okay. thing. Cause we're right on the border here. And uh, so like right between like we're, the town we're in, is called like Silum, like S-I-L-U-M, Silum uh-huh. County or S-I-L-O-M. And it's about 15,000 people uh, town. So it's, um, and it's still, you know, it's been a couple years since Oklahoma has done this because it's interesting. Their laws are, um, I don't necessarily know how much you have to report on certain things like directly to the state compared to other states. So yeah, that's why super lenient. even their like application fee is like less than like less than $2,500 or something. Yeah. I mean, they're really like encouraging people to come here, buy this land and do yeah, this. Move there, and, yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, I think it's cool. I mean, I mean, out here so far, what I've seen is like, you know, there's definitely like some people that you can tell like work on farms and stuff, some younger people, but I mean, a lot of people in that kind of world are like pretty like, you know, for example, uh, you know, I've been running around with Soam a lot and like he's vegetarian, big on recycling, like really nice guy. Like, you know, so it's like, yeah. He's, so he's vegetarian, tell him to let me come to your hunter's farm. Yeah, right. <laughs> they, got, they, got big, they got big bucks down there in Oklahoma. Yeah, they, um, and then here too, it's been cool just seeing the, the different like communities and cultures that like farm cannabis too. I mean, it's just, it's way different than I ever thought. And then there's a lot of different people that, from this community that are, uh, you know, part of this operation on way on a bunch of different levels have nothing to do with cannabis. When you talk about like, you know, cleaning up like these uh, all these different warehouses and farms and these like cleaning these properties and getting them ready for all this, like little things like that going on. Like they had, you know, all these different companies out there quoting for different, you know, jobs and like different machinery, like, so just seeing all of those things along with like the stuff you love, obviously, like I love, the plant loves smelling it love all the the branding stuff like that but all the little things that go into these these productions is pretty cool and like especially when you start to get into i don't know the political part of it and shit you're like yeah man there's this is pretty sweet like there's a lot of action going on it's like so speaking of you were just talking about this it made me think of something i know you'll love it but so in feral pennsylvania is like a huge um commercial grow up for, rec- or for uh, medical oh, yeah and i know a couple of cats from the hood who like work in the work in the dispensary and or not the dispensary but the um the lab and like uh, yeah like the whole processing part and like a whole bunch of different like a whole bunch of different levels all the way up uh to the lady who like moved to town to run the entire thing and it's like like you got guys who work there and they just run forklifts you know what I mean? Right. Like right. stuff like that. Like it's mm-hmm. like it's like any other big, big commercial manufacturing, right? Uh, like environment. You know, it's it's wild. It's like right. when you think about like our buddy Jamie, like in a warehouse full of forklifts doing that. Right. It's like that, but it's just they're moving cannabis stuff and like you know different products that they use and pallets full of you know plant nutrients and stuff like 
right that's wild that's incredible i love it yeah because then even i've been bringing this up like beyond the the medicinal use like cannabis is medicine or the recreational use this is just like for that like this doesn't even touch like all the things like you know turning hemp into plastic or hemp into clothes it's like all those things yeah like there's so much out there i want i saw on something it was probably on instagram or something it might not it's probably not real but they're talking about making a um making a car out of hemp i mean entire body like they're talking about it like fiberglass for like hemp I, I mean, like, let's let's that, let them let them find mean, out, man. Right? Like, bro. that's incredible. Right? I mean, it grows so fast too. Because being out here and like seeing this, because this is like huge scale, like a lot. You know, so it's cool bro, to see like replace plastic. You know how crazy it would be to replace if the replacement for plastic bottles and all the damage they do to Earth, right? The environment got replaced with hemp water bottles. Right. Cause we, the Bro. plastic water bottle business, like, you know, and I got friends that have these companies, so nothing against them, but it's like the plastic bottle stuff's getting out of control. You know, it's, like, Bro, it's like, I'm telling you, living somewhere where like I live by the water, um, I notice all the time all the masks mm-hmm. that are like washed up and stuff. Yeah, like, dude. Oh, it's like everyone it's, should go look at, go, yeah, go Google the giant. There is literally, a trash island off the coast of California that is bigger than the size of Texas. And this, that is not like a conspiracy or exaggeration. It is insane in the mass. I guarantee you're not helping. And there's nothing against anybody's religious view on mass. I'm just being fucking serious. Like that stuff, like what you're talking about is wild. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's wild. Like to be able to do that would be nuts. Yeah. But yeah. Man, well, that's dope. How uh, so? You're loving it down there. When are you uh, when are you heading out? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have to head out of here tomorrow. Maybe nice to uh, to stay a little bit longer, but you know, I definitely uh, I'm excited to get back to my baby. But uh, you know, got a lot going, got a lot going on still back in uh, back in the hub. You know, building uh, building the new house, broke ground. We got the uh, the foundation's been poured. They're stacking bricks. You know, the Masons are out there lathering it up. So uh, exciting oh, times. Love that. Love that. Building the house from the ground up. That's right, baby. We're going to have uh, gonna have our own well. We're going to have uh, septic. going to have some solar going, little little farming action ourselves. But uh, hell yeah, you know, maybe I'll grow a little hemp. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll roll the dice. Maybe I'll grow my own cannabis. Dice, grow a little yeah. green. Yeah, grow a little green for myself. How about that? Because that's another thing, man. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Green thumb. Well, we were just talking about. I could. I almost forgot it. But like back in the day, dude, like your tax to the government, you had to like grow hemp because they use it for so much. That was an old tax, like at one point in our fucking government. So it's like, hey, I'll do that. I'll do that. Like imagine like certain people like I'm if you just had I'm to do a farm anywhere and just grow him. I love I'm th- like, dude. I'm thinking about getting back, just testing the waters with him and been like, why not, man? Little little uh make little hemp hats and hemp flags and little hemp necklaces and bro. I just mm-hmm. love being on the farm, bro. Like you I mean, you would you would like this. Having... I like the farm out here. You would like you would like the farm part of it more, I think. Bro, so Mike, tell me what's up with the big boy in Pittsburgh who can't play no more. And I'm like, 
You talking oh, about Ben? <laughs> like, and I was, I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, is she talking about Ben? And she looks at me, she goes, number seven. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, this sweet lady, but Steelers fans are, like, brutal. It's why. Yeah, dude, I've been I've been seeing some rumors that uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to uh, Pittsburgh. Him and Tomlin were like winking at each other at the game. Bro, I could see that happening. <laughs> I think it'd be a great fit. He'd light it up in the bird. No, love him. Oh, yeah. Dude. Well, I think because Rodgers once out of out of Green Bay, but it was like at the the last game they played. It's one of the the Instagram accounts hurdles because we share them on our our thing. But yeah, it was a really funny like little meme video thing of them looking at each other and then showing Ben on the sideline and Aaron Rodgers threw his four hundred and twentieth touchdown pass in that game. Shout out. Shout out to 420, stash it. You know, we do love cannabis. Hey, Rogers. <laughs> Smoke it. Aaron Rogers definitely smoking something looking like that. I mean, he's from California. He's a California boy. Yeah, California guy. He's got like cool hair. He's like, what, real what chill. they say? Remember the Titans? You know, Sunshine, he's from California. Oh, yeah. California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's out there doing yoga on the lawn. Oh, right. Dude. He's like doing a little Tai Chi yoga, dude. You know? Like, what y'all looking at him from? Yeah. <laughs> Petey. Oh, it's like, man. football is fun. Bro, amazing. <laughs> Bro, I'll tell you what, though. Um, One of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, and football for me, uh, since retiring, I think I've had the most fun with football, like, this year so far, which is wild. Like, yeah. I mean, we've gone to a bunch of, like, really good Ohio State games, so I don't want to, like, yeah, we've been in some games through the years for sure. Like you're always gonna get have fun, but you know. Like, oh, but bro, like watching football this year and yeah. like uh, like all the storylines they got going on, I'm like kind of into it. The last couple of years, like I'd watch the big games, but I never, I don't watch Sports Center much. And, like right. I don't really, I've watched mostly YouTube and Netflix. Right. And I watch like motivational stuff, mindfulness stuff, and deer hunting. Yeah, and right. And drag, street racing, like. I'm a very weird, weirdly spread out person. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's beautiful, man. But like, bro, watching watching football this year and like not knowing a lot of the guys, I think that also is like, yeah, right. Wild. It's kind of cool to see a lot of my old teammates retire. Shout out to the Pouncy Twins, looking great. Those yeah, boys man. are slim down, trim down, looking buff. Um, it's pretty cool to see those guys. Dave DeCastro going to games with his former Stanford teammates and. Uh, Ramon Foster, just straight family man out here. He's got his, I think his oldest son is like an eighth grader freshman now, and he's playing Damn. ball. Yes, he's it, playing nice, bro. Yeah, it's like it's a wild thing, man. Like I think, you know, growing up watching football and just being a fan of it and not being vested in like it that personally and not knowing right. people, yeah. it it holds a certain amount of like. I don't even know what it you is. You can be a fan again because then you're not like yeah. taking stuff personal when other people are critiquing or oh bro, like, yeah. And there's things like, like that, I feel like, and just yeah, you I mean, don't not feel knowing like, oh, I don't people. Wanna, yeah, and you don't feel like, oh, I don't want to root against my friends. Like I, yeah, and you can like, there's a lot of Steelers games that I would watch and like I would really like guys on the other D line, but I'm like, bro, I hope that they just don't do well. <laughs> like yeah, right. Like, I don't want to see my boys get like, you know. Right. But um yeah, it's right. a wild deal, man. Like I love it, but I think I wanted to do it this year, but, you know, life gets, it just gets so crazy. Next year, I think I want to do, like, a tour um, 
with the guys who I know that are still playing and like go watch their games and some yeah right like I would love to go to a game in Arrowhead game in Denver you know yeah, I played my first game in Denver at nighttime on opening opening game of the season Peyton Manning's first game in Denver yeah and in the as with the Steelers in the year before they had beat the Steelers in the playoffs Tim Tebow on the last play of the game yeah I remember that Thomas. yeah and so it's the rematch on opening week. Like, what is that? Monday Night Football or something Probably. like that? Yeah. And, bro, that place, as far as the NFL goes, because the NFL game experience, as far as, like, how loud it is and stuff, has got nothing on college, big time. College. Oh, yeah, not even close. Like, bro, like, in the, the amount of people that were at our game in college versus the league, like, it's not even close. And Yeah. But, like – a couple places though, yeah. you get it's it is it's the same, bro. Denver, that place was rocking. Like it was like the you know remember in college when the film would shake. Yeah, oh, yeah. Denver, in Denver that night, the film was shaking. It was absolutely incredible. And like so, so to go there, place like Arrowhead. You should definitely do that, dude. Going back to those places that you played big games in, like on the other side, would be such a cool. Yeah just experience oh, and like to take that, take that in, in a different way. Like that'd be really cool. Oh, the last, uh, the last place that I played a like high quality game of football, my second to last game is in my last game. I was a physical mess. Ripped the bicep, ripped the shoulder. Like, yeah, dude. Rough. But the game before that, I went in like the first quarter and just kind of balled out. And uh, it was here in Tampa. And so now I'm like, I'm definitely going to some Tampa games because I got oh, yeah. a bunch of friends down here now who go all the time and want to go. So, and you know, one of the guys I played with, who I always, always had the utmost respect for, and through all of his trials and tribulations, I always like said, "Dude, that guy's that guy's a good dude, man. Like best teammate I ever had, hardest worker for sure." But AB, bro. Yeah, man. I watched the Bucks games. See this guy balling like probably get yeah, like two touchdowns, hundred some yards the other night, right? And they're one t- something like that. But they're just dude, getting in their groove, man. It's wild. I'm like, bro, you he's know? out for what two years? He was back right. for one year, balled one. I mean, he was going through a lot too, man. Oh, bro, incredible. Okay. People, don't, yeah, it's people it's don't a great redemption story. I think people you don't know? want him to succeed either. That's another thing. It's like, oh. you know, it's different when people like mess up and like. You know, there's a good story, but like when you like really don't want them to like get better, it's just like, oh, bro. what's really going on here? It's so wild to me. And like people will come up to me and they're like, you played with AB. Like, what do you think? You got CTE real bad, huh? And I'm like, bro, what? I'm yeah. like, they're like, it's from that Vontaze Perfect hit. And I'm like, no, bro, you guys are tripping. I'm like, what happened is AB became, was a kid from Central Michigan who was like a six round draft pick. You know what I mean? Like, essentially a name that not a lot of people knew right Right. and so he makes his hay in the league first as a punt returner and kick returner makes the pro bowl his second year right right? his third year my i think my first year was his second year when he made it as a returner his third year bro he just is like all pro wide out best wide out in the game and then for five years after that and you know he also is like the people's favorite he was on the beach working out and all the kids running behind him through uh down in Miami and all that right. stuff and taking all the kids' bikes to ride through the city 
you know, he's doing all this stuff and every he's in Drake's God playing video, like, you right. know what I'm saying? Like he's on top of the world. He's probably getting, you know, a couple hundred thousand positive mentions a day, like right. showing him so much love. And then literally overnight, like right. at the snap of a finger, at literally the click of a button when as soon as that initial like accusation of like sexual harassment or whatever it was was out there which i guess came to be not true um you know once i was out there bro you're talking about getting if you were getting hundreds of thousands positive you're probably getting double that negative right and they're telling you that you're the worst kind of person and all this shit and like all this stuff bro you got kids and all this and then it's like bleeds into your relationship and all this stuff and like you know i mean I would lose my shit and do some, probably do some dumb things too, right. or at least like not be well. Right. Like, you know, like that's that's some tough stuff to go through, and not a lot of people can fathom what that spotlight is really like. You know, and it's. I mean, it's a, especially uh, when uh, that's like the the mantra and like the programming that like goes on a lot is to like tear people down even more and like attack them even more. And with football on the top of our minds. Well, that's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> I was but, this thing, I was about to say, and as soon as I was like, well, that was crazy. Sorry. Hey, that's some little tele- telepathy, telepathic best friend shit. You know, we've been doing it for years. But like we were saying, with football on the mind, folks. We could not not talk about this. We couldn't just avoid it. You know, there's going to be a lot of cognitive dissidence, if you will, around this topic. The, the wagons might circle a bit and, you know, that's not us. We're just observing. We're just, you know, sharing personal experiences. But, yeah, you know, I can't tell you, you know, what to think about it. But I can tell you one thing. Just try and think about Jim Trestle standing in a bar, you know, with his hand in between like a girl's ass cheeks laughing amongst his friends. I don't know about you, but I, I just, I don't see it, folks. I don't see it. And people are saying he was trying to block it. I don't know. Uh, I know what that reach looks like. Uh, hey, but, you know, we're not here trying to bash anybody. We're just talking about, you know, a little story going on in the, uh, in the public space. We're not trying to bash anybody, but I'm going to tell you like this. I, one thing I don't like about this scenario is I got a very fond memory of when, I was coming out of college, coming off an NCAA scandal for fucking memorabilia that I owned, right? And uh, I remember Urban Meyer's first meeting with the football team, which we were still on, even though we were about to, like, we were set to graduate and not be on the team in a couple of days. Yeah, we were still, like, yeah, I don't even know why we were in the meeting. It was kind of weird, weird flex. Um, He came in, he came (laughs) in, and uh, I think it was before the Sugar Bowl happened. Or no, it wasn't. It was after. Maybe before our last bowl game or whatever. Yeah. Or the, yeah. the Gator Bowl. But anyways, he comes in. Yeah, it was right before the Gator Bowl. He comes in and he's like, uh, you know, I see this football team and, you know, a bunch of studs, a bunch of ballers, you know, big-ass O-line, moving people, protecting, big-ass quarterback, stud, wideouts that can run like, like, uh, like gazelles and catch everything. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, he's like a D line with, you know, some stars and some some real, like some beats, you know what I'm saying? Like all this stuff. And he's like, DBs that can run and hit. And he's like, you know, a big ass quarterback. <laughs> and he's like, and you know what happened? Human, human error fucked it all up. 
That's right. Some guys, human decisions, fucked up everything that you guys built. While we're all sitting there, I'm like, bro, mm -hmm. you ain't your coach, dog. Like, and your fucking record ain't clean in. You know what I mean? I'm right. Like, you know, I'm just like, mm, never sat right with me. Right. And then, right. uh, and then just like the way that, like, the way that some of the guys who were there, like in the transition year, who were great players, I'm talking about highest paid at their position in the league type shit. Yeah. The way that some of those guys, like, got treated um, and how much, like, they hated the situations. Like, bro, it right. just made me, like, and just the way that, personal experience I've had with them just about the like not really caring about people and mm -hmm. it's like for a guy who loves what he hates so much how do you not understand like we win with people with relationships right. with connections and growth you know all those things and I don't know I just I'm always I'm a lead with love kind of guy not like lead with fear so it just his style never struck with me he's a great ball coach like right a man right. ball coach and Guys who played for him, they'll tell you straight up, like, yeah, I loved winning under him. But, like, I'm the kind of guy who, you know, I played under a coach who had the same exact record, went to more national championships, and led with love and cared about everybody. Even, right. like, he, bro, the way that he cared about the walk-ons on our team. Right. Bro, like, right. it was like, there was some scholarship guys who would be getting jealous, and, he, and he's, like, got to break it down. Like, bro, like, I got to help these guys for life after football, like, now. Like, you still have an opportunity to do all this other stuff, and I'm trying to help you with that. Right. You know what I mean? And they're like, why does he, why does he like, you know, this guy so much? He don't even do nothing. I'm like, bro, because he's a great guy. He works right. his ass off. You ever talk to him? You know what I mean? Like, it's a uh, – Coach Stress is just, like, a special, special something, man. And right. it's – and the thing about this whole deal with Urban, it's like, you don't have to be perfect to – I don't expect anybody to be perfect. Be perfect. I know that right. has done shit in his life that ain't perfect. But like, whenever he's had an opportunity to show a little grace or a little mercy to a guy, bro, he fucking just lays the hammer on guys. Yeah, and like says the craziest things about them. And then whenever it's it's him and he's like, well, that's that. Yeah. So let's oh, think, talk about that for a second, games. right? Like whenever like we're talking about like a decision you're making too, and being like a coach and a leader and like with your guys, like you lose your fourth game in a row on a Thursday at, at a, at an away game. And then when you're apologizing, you say you left your team to go be with your grandkids. Why do you bring his grandkids into the apology? Bro, I didn't why, understand. And this, we're talking about urban Meyer. Why don't you just fly your grandkids down the floor? Yeah. Why, yeah. And why, why are you not, why are you not staying with your football team? If you're the head coach, right? Like I'm like, you know, family emergencies yeah. happen. Things happen. Sure. Like, absolutely. Like, not saying that. But, like, let's call a spade a fucking spade right here, man. Like, this is crazy. Bro, like, this dude left the team. About, like, not making excuses and all this stuff. Right. Oh. It's a Thursday night. You just lost your fourth game in a row. You left and your, your football team and drove or flew. With a rookie first pick quarterback. I like, want to find – yeah. It's, yeah, and then he left. Left the team. I'll find out maybe if he jumped on a private jet or if he drove to Columbus, goes to his and he's like, Yeah, you know, we went out to eat at the restaurant. It's like, no, you went to the bar that is named after you in Columbus. You went to Urban Meyer's Pint House after you lost your fourth game in a row and did not go back with your team to you know the facility to get ready for the next week. Well, no, you did God, that. Lit. 
He did that on a Saturday night. Chasing ass, bro. In the video. Like, come on, bro. Are you kidding me? Yeah, there's the one guy standing in front of him who, like, thinks he's blocking all the videos and stuff, you know? And, like. Right. It's like, bro, we've all seen this a bunch of times. Right, man. Like, I'm not surprised. That's what I'm saying. I'm just like, now, like, when I watch this apology and it's like, you know, I'm not even trying to attack him as, like, whatever, man. Like, I've, like, worked camps with him. I've chatted. I've talked ball with him, whatever. I'm just talking about this whole situation. I'm like, because I've seen exactly what you're talking about with players who show mercy. You can't be dogging cats out if you can be out here. Right, right. If you're going to be real and be like that, then you got to fucking be like the last. You can't leave your team after losing four games in a row and go get fucking drunk like at your bar. (laughs) Come on. It's it's not good, bro. Like, I ain't ain't falling for this this apology. And then the new rumor, everyone's talking about it. He's just doing the same old thing. And then he's going to go to USC, you know, make make five million, probably fucking winning that shit. You know, who knows? But yeah, they all say he's just doing the thing he does where it's just something happens and you just got to. Right, man. Like they put up all those posts and pictures. They're taking the videos down all quick. All the comments are like, oh, the next thing's going to be, oh, I got chest pain moving to California to get some help. <laughs> Bro, Barstool, Barstool's one minute show or whatever was talking about it on Instagram. I was like, right, oh, man. I mean, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I saw like AJ Hawk, AJ Hawk and Pat McAfee talking about it too and I'm just like, I'm with them, bro. Like again, 0 and 4, you leave your team. Like what kind of coach leaves their team? And uh I don't know why we forgot to do this, but right now I'm gonna stash this one right here. Just a little bit of that. I'm gonna stash that in my lungs. And then sometimes when you pass it, it doesn't mean you're passing it in a bad way. You're passing it to somebody you love. So they can enjoy it too. Thanks, bro. <laughs> that's right. And that's how we do it, baby. It's all about love out here. Don't envy success. Be grateful for other people's success. Go after it. Attack it. Be one with it. And keep it moving, baby. And that's a wrap, folks. Thank you again so much for being here with us. Episode 11 is in the books. 11-11, make a wish. And my wish is for you to be grateful, to be loved, to be fulfilled, because that's what life is all about. It is about not casting judgment onto ourselves, not casting judgment onto others, to love ourselves fully and to express that love 100x to others. It's all about the love, baby. And I just wanted to leave everyone with a quote from someone I love, and that's Jim Tressel my former coach at Ohio State, current president at Youngstown State University. And he dropped this great quote during his quiet time. And that is, unless you give yourself to some great cause, you haven't even begun to live. And that hit home for me because doing this show, it is a part of my cause because I really do believe in the messages we're putting out, the education. Now we're having fun, but at the same time, we really are trying to you know, build wealth, build knowledge, bring everybody else with us. We really believe that crypto, cannabis, but and culture, those are the three things that are going to elevate all of us higher and higher. Crypto, decentralized finance, NFTs, Bitcoin, that is for the people. And that is going to create generational wealth. There's a wealth transfer going on. There's a huge shift in society period around the world. And it's exciting to be a part of. It is such an incredible time to be alive in the cannabis community. I just want to say thank you again to Dabbergrass, 
to season partners, to everybody that was out on that farm in Oklahoma. What you all are doing is beautiful. There is such an incredible story to be told there. And just no one really even has any idea on, uh, you know, just how amazing it really is when you uh, break it down over, you know, what's been going on for centuries. But again, thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to check the Love of My Life's book out, Letters to the Universe. You can check it out on KelseyAida.com. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Simon & Schuster. Incredible book. So proud of her. She's getting ready to take off to Mexico. She's got an incredible self-love retreat that she hosts a couple times a year. So again, if you're interested in stuff like that, if you're a good husband and want to buy your wife something awesome, or if you're an incredible woman that just listens to this show, check her out too. You'll love it. But from the bottom of my heart, thank you again for being here. And we'll see you next week, folks. Stash it.